Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Hello, everybody. This is Sandy, and welcome to Last First Date Radio, the place to be for creating healthy, lasting relationships in midlife. And today, I am excited to be speaking with New York Times bestselling author Mary B. Morrison about how to empower women to manifest their destiny, especially when it has to do with having the love of their life. Over the past 11 years, I have been a love and women's empowerment coach, and I have really enjoyed helping women enter into the relationships of their dreams and find the love of their lives, and many of them have gotten married. Although a lot of women at this age don't even want to get married, they just want to have a life partner. But as I grow and advance the Women of Value movement, I plan to support women even further by giving them accessible tools to teach others how to treat them and show them how valuing themselves is simply non-negotiable. Every week, I bring you a tip on how to become a woman of value, and this week's tip is step number 29, which is choose love over fear. Whenever you're faced with a difficult choice, it's so important to make your decision from a place of love and not fear. What happens is so many of us are choosing from a place of fear, like I'm afraid that that this is going to happen, so I'm going to make this choice. And it can be even as simple as the food we eat. Like, I am eating this because I'm afraid of getting fat or I'm afraid of getting a heart attack. So if you would turn that around and make it a choice out of love, you could say, I'm eating this food because I really treasure my body or I love and honor my life. And I want to treat my body as well as I can because my body has treated me so well over these years. So you see the big difference in just your mindset over how you make choices. And I can guarantee you that if you keep making choices from a place of love, your whole life will really transform. So before I bring on Mary, I wanted to just let you know that I have a private Facebook group for single women over 40. It is called Your Last First Date. And if you're not yet a member, I invite you to join us. We have over 2,500 women in there right now. And as opposed to many large groups like this, this is a very heavily monitored group. Um, You cannot be a man basher, um, a woman basher, a, um, an unkind person if you're a member of my group. The guidelines are very strict because I believe that we all should treat each other with respect and have a positive outlook on dating and relationships. And that's how we grow. So if you're interested in growth and you are a woman over 40, please join Your Last First Date on Facebook. And now for our special guest today. New York Times bestselling author Mary Honeybee Morrison believes that women should shape their own destiny. I could not agree more. She's published 23 books, and the theme is female empowerment. Many of her books have been on many bestseller lists, and she also founded Healing Her Hurt Incorporated, 
It's a nonprofit organization that promotes the emotional, physical, and financial health of marginalized women and girls by providing tools for self-empowerment and resources and education. She also produced a play based on her novel, Single Husbands, which she wrote under the pseudonym Honeybee. Join me now for episode number 318, Empowering Women to Manifest Their Destiny. Welcome to the show, Mary. Hi, Sandy. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Thanks for being here. So this, as I told you before we started, this is one of my favorite topics. It's something that I focus a lot on, how we can empower women, because so many women, unfortunately, don't have the tools to feel empowered. And I always like to know how my guests ended up in this field, in the fields that they're in, because usually there's something that happens, some big challenge that inspired them to go into this field and pay it forward. So can you share a little bit about your background and why you chose to focus on women's empowerment? Absolutely. Female empowerment is so essential because women really are the leaders in families and relationships. And I started out in a household where I was raised by my great aunt. And she was a very strong individual, very um, independent, but had foresight for us. And she didn't have any biological kids. She raised myself, my brother, both of my brothers, and, and my stepbrother. So I saw her actually do that. Was that the choice that I wanted for myself? No, it was not. But early on, I learned that men will do what you allow them to do. So it is okay in a relationship for women to, you know, you don't have to be over the top, but definitely know what direction you are going in because if you don't and you get with the wrong person, then that's not going to be beneficial in the long run considering that half of marriages end in divorce or separation. So for me growing up seeing that, I actually felt the same way. But a serious, serious note, my biological mother was abused by my father. And so eventually she committed suicide. And at that moment, a toxic overdose of pills, I was like, I'm not going to be that woman because bad things happen to good women and get in a relationship with the wrong person. And that's what led me to feel like, okay, I'm going to empower women. I am going to um, encourage and inspire women to make choices in their lives that's not going to lead them to a relationship that's going to be abusive. So that's very important for me. Hmm. Wow. I'm sorry about your mother's suicide and the abuse. That must have been really, really hard for you. Definitely. Uh, it was. Because, yeah. yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just saying it, it really was because um, in relationships with children even, you know, we're accustomed to, and I'm African-American, and we are very accustomed to having our mother be the backbone of our relationship and having a relationship with our mom. And I just feel like that was taking up, taken away from all of us. I have six siblings. Uh, surviving, wow. 
and nine total. So for us not to be able to have that, it was very hard because my mom wasn't able to take care of us. She she was just dealing with mental issues from dealing with my father and then having so many children at the same time. So women can make really good choices. I don't want to make make this seem like, you know, our conversation is um, going to be too heavy. We can lighten that up. And so I am the person that does not mind telling the guy what I like in a relationship. I have no problem with that. And I think more women mm-hmm. need to be vocal about what they want, but they have to first know what they want. And one of the things I talk about when I'm speaking is put down the baby dolls. Stop buying baby dolls for baby girls because if you give a toddler a baby doll, first of all, it's not real. Second, she's going to learn to love something outside of herself, and that person is going to become that guy, that man, that husband, And it's okay to be very attentive to your husband, but a relationship is a lot of work, but you don't want to be the girl who's always catering and you're not getting that love back in return. That's going to be very important. So baby toddlers, they don't need a baby doll. It just teaches them to cater to something else. So I always say the chef is a cook. The nurse is a caretaker. And, Sandy, I don't know about you, but I have seen it in relationships where the the woman just does so much that she's overwhelmed. So balance it out. When I had my son, I told my, at that time, husband, I said, this is how this is going to go. Uh, while I'm on maternity leave, I will take care of our child. When I go back to work, we are taking alternating weeks to take care of the baby. So one week is going to be yours. You have to get up in the morning. You have to feed him. You have to bathe him at night. You have to take him to daycare. You have to pick him up from daycare. And what that did, Sandy, it allowed my, at that time, husband, my son's father, to bond with him. And that relationship is priceless for infants. Moms don't have to step in and try to do everything. And I was having a conversation with my son yesterday, and it's also important that women take care of themselves when they have children. And don't forget about your husband. (laughs) He's still there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sometimes he's a .5 kid, but he needs attention too. Yeah, well, it's all about balance, right? So first of all, I wanted to say that even though the beginning of our conversation was a little heavy, I think it's important for people to know that you can come from the most difficult beginnings and create a new present and future. And I have had so many, so many guests who have had such awful childhoods that have now grown into the most self-empowered and influential person because of the work that they've done. So I just wanted to just put a cap on that because I I think people need to know it's not just the special people born into privileged families that end up having happiness. We really can do this work to to create more joy in our lives and to have more um, empowerment, right? I totally agree with you 100% because some things it's like, when when they say you can have it all, you just can't have it all at the same time, 
We mm-hmm. need to be very conscious about those choices that we make. And I say that because I was actually in the best relationship that I've ever had in my life. However, it was when I first started writing my first book, working a full-time job. Um, I was a GS-1415 with the government in Washington, D.C. Great job, great profession, worked my way up to that level, single mom. So at this point, I'm not married. I have my son, and I also have this relationship with this guy. So my son went to live with his father for a year, and that allowed me to have more freedom to be in a relationship. But when he came back to live with me, I had to reprioritize the things that I was doing. And so it was my son, my job, my book, and my man in that order. So eventually he was like, okay, I'm not getting enough attention here. And I just asked him, I said, would you like to see other people? And he said, yes. I think it's very important not to hold anybody hostage in a relationship. Would I have liked for him to just sit and wait until I finish all these projects? Absolutely. Would that Was that fair to him? Absolutely not. And we're still very good friends to this day. But I think I would have made more of an effort to make more time for him if I understood, you know, moving forward that um, I wasn't going to find another him. Like, I wasn't going to find another guy like this. Or I haven't. Let me not say I won't. I'm single, mm-hmm. and I enjoy being single, and I like to say that. Well, it's, single is not bad as long as you love yourself and you're happy. The one thing women shouldn't do is get into a bad relationship. You start off happy, and then he start making these demands, and then it becomes too much for you, but you try to please him because women are pleasers. Why? Because we've already had the baby dolls. So you do that, and no matter how hard you try, it doesn't work. That's not the guy you want to be with. Those are signs to say, I need to choose someone else. So people ask me why I'm not married, Sandy, and I will say (laughs) I tell them because I'm happy and I want to stay that way. So um, things are important. Totally relate to what you're saying. Um, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I I uh, I'm also single right now. I'm divorced about 11 years, and I've had some great relationships, but they haven't been the ones that would last a really long time or forever whatever that means, Um, because I think when you know yourself and when you really live that really high-value life, you know what you want, you know who you are, you know how to speak up. But I do want to go back to uh, something, a couple things that you said. First, I want to talk about the baby doll, because I'm having a little trouble with that one, Um, mainly because I don't only think that baby dolls are for teaching the little girls that they have to be mommies. Um, there was a book many, many years ago that was written called William's Doll. I don't know if you remember that book about a little no. boy with a, who wanted a doll. No? I do not. I do not. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was about gender differences. It was like right in the maybe the 70s that it came out. Um, there was a, 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 an album and a book called Free to Be You and Me. And um, this was part of, part of the whole thing. And 
Anyway, William wanted a doll. His parents, his father thought it was terrible. He should have a fishing pole and, um, you know, all these manly toys. And William wanted a doll because he liked nurturing and wanted to have a doll just like the girls had dolls. So I think, you know, I I see your point, but I think that um, the way I see it is that having a baby doll teaches, teaches little girls and boys to be nurturing and compassionate. I don't think it should be the whole picture. I think they should also do whatever else little kids do and, and learn to be strong and smart and make good choices and be independent and, um, you know, and, and learn how to have critical thinking. But I'm, I'm just struggling a little bit with this don't give a little girl a doll thing. Um, so can you speak to that a little more? I can because I do feel like here we can agree to disagree because I don't know many moms or parents who have, I never bought my son a doll. He never asked for it. And I just think that we desensitize boys and we overly sensitize girls growing up. And I think the baby doll is definitely a factor because she comes with a stroller and she comes with the house and I don't know if you saw the Barbie doll with Ken where Barbie's pregnant and here's a baby over here and then she has another baby over there and Ken is just lying there with his Hawaiian outfit chilling, uh, (laughs) relaxing and kicking back. And I'm like, no, this is not a good message for our daughters. Um, I do believe Mm -hmm. Barbie is trying to get better with um, stem cell research and, and girls being, you know, in the lab and figuring out certain things, and I think that that's really good. But I still don't think it's for girls because in my book, Never Let a Man Come First, I do talk about the cost of raising a child. And there's too many women that, like myself included, started off married and they end up divorced and then you have to take care of the child because society deems that to be your role. So that's why I started out differently with my um, husband at that time. You're going to help take care of this child. So for me, um, I've I've never been attached to a baby doll on my lap, as you can probably tell. (laughs) As you can probably tell. So my thought process is different. I don't feel like that's something they need. God gives them and us as women, the ability to be able to nurture instinctively. Um, That is just how Mother Nature works, whether it's humans or whether it's animals, you know, or a dog taking care of puppies or a cat taking care of kittens. It just happens naturally for us as well. And that unrealistic view to me of raising or having a baby and carrying it around is really going to make her overly sensitive. And she will probably be that girl that you can't figure out why she won't leave this guy alone and he's abusing her. I've never stayed in an abusive relationship. I divorced my husband because he put his hands on me one time, and that was it. I had to go. And we had a great relationship. Mm -hmm. We grew up together as kids. But that I did not see coming, and that I would not tolerate, and I don't advocate 
for women to stay in any type of abusive relationship. Women need to be happy. Oh, yeah. That's what we need to be, is just happy. Yes. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I just having raised two daughters and a son, and I don't want this to be a parenting conversation. But <laughs> I, I have uh, my kids really don't have standard um, like stereotypical gender roles. Um, yes. And like my youngest daughter never played with dolls because she chose not to. And my son got dressed up in ballerina outfits, and he's one of the most masculine men. But he was curious, and he had an imagination, and he's extremely, extremely nurturing and kind and compassionate. So I think it's, you know, to me, having raised three kids, I raised them all the same, with the same toys, with the same you know, philosophy, and I think they all turned out great. But let's, let's move on to more about relationships. Um, so you, so something that you said that I also thought was interesting is that your boyfriend was on the bottom of your list after your son came back. And I think that um, then you mentioned that you probably, you know, would prioritize him more today if, if you were in that relationship today, correct? Yes. Okay. Um, so, so, if I had to, yeah. No, this is something that comes up a lot. I think that as strong, independent women, and that's pretty much all the people who come to see me are, you know, strong, independent women, often single mothers, and it's hard to balance everything to make everything. You know, you have to choose priorities, and a man who's not a priority is not going to want to stick around. I mean, why would he? Would you stick around if? if somebody was dating you and you came last. I mean, it's it's really just, to me, about do you want a relationship in your life or not? Um, but tell me more about, you know, why you would prioritize him today. The reason why is because a lot of times women sacrifice their dreams for what they want to do for the relationship. And I did just the opposite. I wasn't going to sacrifice the relationship. I mean, sacrifice my dream for the relationship. I had heard on Oprah, if you self-publish a book, then and you sell 10,000 copies, you will then get a book deal. So that's exactly what I did. I focused on the book. I had my female friends who were there with me um, through the process, helping me to find out find an editor, for example, find a printing company. And so we were all, like, working together because I was determined to get this book done. And with that level of determination, I was focused. I was writing every single day, and I had a vision for the book. And the title of the book, believe it or not, is Soulmate Dissipate. And it wasn't based on that relationship. It was based on another, but the outcome was the same. <laughs> it was the same. So, but if I had to do it today, I don't know that I would do it any differently. To be perfectly honest, it was a sacrifice, and it was my loss at that time. But if I had not taken that opportunity, because as a creative person, as you know, as we are, you can postpone a moment. I could have written a book later or waited until after my son was grown, and, but the book would have never been the same. So if you don't take advantage of the opportunity, you may never get that opportunity again. 
So I don't think I would have done anything differently. And like I said, we're still friends. He appreciated the fact that I was open enough to ask him if he wanted to see other people because I saw Mm -hmm. the direction the relationship was going in. A lot of people will hold people hostage. I don't care how miserable you are. Just wait till I finish this book and everybody's going to be happy again. And, you know, and I just don't, our days here, our minutes, our hours are numbered. I don't think that we should be on earth trying to make other people unhappy. I'll tell you, I also believe in money. So if a guy does not have the finances, I don't have time. Um, I don't want to struggle in that sense. I can take care of myself. I'm not trying to take care of a grown man. I don't apologize for that. I just went to Martha's Vineyard, and it seemed like the happiest place in America to me because (laughs) people don't talk their horns. You know, people are polite. And I'm talking about, like, it doesn't matter what color you are, black, white, purple, green, yellow, everybody was nice, you know, and and everybody has money and everybody's prestigious. And so people aren't tooting their horns and patting themselves on the back saying, oh, I'm this big red, um, I'm a, an African-American woman, and she's the first black woman to own her own bank. And we sat and talked for 30 minutes. And mm-hmm. the female empowerment there is like at a whole new level for me, my friend is a judge, so I know her very well. But I got to talk to the girls in Jack and Jill and their mom about the Never Let a Man Come First book and these girls in high school and going to college. And the girls stayed behind even after the moms left and they wanted to have their own session because they had, like, a whole lot of questions. And so I mm-hmm. always say the conversation must be had. So I applaud you for having me on your show because we are talking about female empowerment, and more women need to do that. And some of your listeners right now have been thinking about speaking and doing speaking engagements and reaching out, and they should do that. That's why I started uh, my nonprofit, Healing Her Heart, because every woman is not physically abused. Every woman is not necessarily uh, taken advantage of. But sometimes you're just heartbroken. So what happens to the brokenhearted? What happens to the women who keep entering into relationships that don't work? That's why I started Healing Her Hurts, because that's what we do. We help you to recover from that pain, like you were saying, divorce. Divorce wasn't easy for me, but it was necessary. Mm-hmm. It wasn't easy, but it was necessary. So, you know, yeah, and you I know have your I do. I'm very clear. <laughs> yeah, and, and I would say that clarity, which you spoke about from the beginning, is really elusive to so many. And it's one of the first steps I take people through is know what you need first. Like, you, you know, and I, I remember when my sister was getting divorced and after 30, I don't know, almost 40 years of marriage, and she came to me devastated and I said, well, because her husband asked her for a divorce, and I said, well, what do you want? She didn't even know what she wanted at the time because she never really asked herself that question. And it was the beginning of a process for her that was incredible. Like, she is amazing now. But, you know, to take someone who never put herself first, is the conversation Mm -hmm. I have with so many women, 
you know, where are you not prioritizing yourself? Where are you letting your own needs suffer? Because if you, I mean, I've been in relationships where a guy had a problem with something that I needed. That was a core need. And I said, you know what? If if you can't honor my core needs, we can't be in this relationship. So you got to have that clarity to be able to say something like that without feeling needy and whiny. Um, the needy and whininess comes from a lack of clarity and a lack of skills to speak up, I think. I agree with you. I'm going to totally agree with you on that. <laughs> Women, I do 100%. <laughs> I do. We have to know what we want. And again, in the book, Never Let a Man Come First, I emphasize women need this, like the beginning of the book. You have to know what you want. And you have to stand firm on what you want. Does it mean that we don't compromise? No, it does not. I love the work that you're doing because I believe that being in love is the best space to be in the universe because it's so, love in itself is empowering. And even when you go through the hardest of hardest times, having somebody there that loves you, that appreciates you, that supports you, that, you know, will pick you up if you stumble, will catch you if you stumble, or pick you up if you fall, that is the best space to be in. But the situation I'm finding, Sandy, I don't know about you, men are just too needy for me. I just <laughs> If it's a guy who can meet me where I'm at and we can do this together, I would gladly be in a relationship uh, and have money. Don't get me wrong. That's important to me because I I know what I want. I know what works for me. I like a certain lifestyle. But mm-hmm. seriously, it's like knowing what you want as a woman, whatever that is. I know women who go, I don't mind taking care of my husband. I don't have a problem with that. I love my husband. And that is mm-hmm. okay if that is what you want. Right. But don't you know, being nice won't make him do right. I put that in the book too, because sometimes you can be the best wife, or maybe like your sister or family member. I have family members. You you can be the best, and guys will still. Guys are easily distracted. I mean, really, and I don't want to go on the sexual tip of talking about a lot of things that I talk about in the book because. I'm not sure that you discuss those things with your audience. Um, but anyway, Well, we do, but we don't have time today. But that's definitely <laughs> a topic I do like discussing. Um, okay. Yeah. But I, I think that, you know, the whole, your message of not being nice at the risk of losing yourself, I think that what happens is, because so many women are conditioned to just give, give, give without limits. And this is true for men too, by the way. I've had this discussion with many men who feel that they're taken advantage of by women. And I say to them the same thing I tell women, which is stop giving without limits. Stop giving to just anybody. You need to have some boundaries. You need to know who to give to, and it has to be reciprocal. Otherwise, you're a doormat. And so being more nice and making bigger meals and buying more things for them is not going to make them 
be kinder to you. It's going to make them feel like I can do anything to you and you'll still be nice to me. That's true. And I know you're not going to agree with me on this one, but for (laughs) guys who say, I feel like I've been taken advantage of, you know, she used me. I hear that too. My response is, it was just your turn. Because, see, a lot of guys mistreat women, and then when they find a good woman, you know, when guys say I'm looking for a good woman, I say, well, how many have you mistreated? There are some what might look. You would think I didn't have a son. My son is 31 years old. He's married. He's been with the same woman for nine years since college. They live in Dubai. They have a great life. They don't have kids Mm -hmm. yet. They're waiting because women are waiting. So, I feel like my son, of course, is wonderful. So I do know that there are great guys and there's exceptions to every rule. I mean, even the one-year relationship that I had with the guy that I was just talking about, that was perfect. I call it the one-year perfect relationship. He's a great guy. Mm -hmm. So they are out there. But there's also the the Bill Cosby's and the Matt Mowers, and we're not going to get into that, those guys who actually are not so nice. I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah, no, it's true, but we have to be able to recognize that. And actually the man I was referring to is is a guy who just gives without limits. He's not a mean, he's not, an, he's not a guy who ever took advantage of any woman. I can guarantee you that. But he is a person who does that in business, and he does it in his all of his friendships and his relationships, and he's always drained and always complaining. And it's like a victim martyr thing. <laughs> So that that has nothing to do with how he treated women poorly. He was treated like a piece of garbage by his ex-wife, uh, and it took him quite a long time to leave her. So it's I think, you know, so much of it is also about our childhoods and what we get used to, what we're familiar with, and what we accept as normal. Um, but that's a whole other discussion. But I, I, I love what you said before. <laughs> I, think, I think this is a great message to leave our audience with is, is to honor yourself, um, make sure you're taking care of your needs first, and, um, and to not give up because there are good people out there and there are men who can meet you where you are, and if they can't, then, then it's good to be single. And if you want to add something to that, I would, I would love to hear it. It's just stay happy. So, you know, I keep going back to that because it's so important not to lose your happiness as a woman in a relationship because sometimes that's what guys gravitate toward, the bright smile, the um, vibrant personality, magnetic personality, you're outgoing. They love that. So don't ever change that. And if you feel that it's changing because of maybe what the person wants or expects of you, have the conversation right there. Because you don't necessarily have to give up the conversation as long as the person understands what you're saying. You know, just, just stay focused, stay happy, live your dream. Don't, you know, stop putting your life on hold for a guy. I've seen so many women do that. For the guy, for mm-hmm. the family. You know, my son had to go where I went. When, when I published my book, I was like, look, we are a duet. So um, some, some days it's all about you. And some days it's all for me. And that worked very well for us because it still allowed me to write and didn't interfere with him. Uh, my son is 6'9", played basketball since the second grade. Um, 
went to college on scholarships, came out with no student loans. And so he's amazing, and he's a children's author. He writes children's books, and I write adult books. Oh, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, it's amazing. I, it is. Yeah. Well, you raised a, an amazing son, and I can see how you modeled for him how he can value or should value himself, and that's that's a beautiful thing. I, I think yeah. that being able to pay it forward to uh, to break a legacy of abuse of any sort is is so empowering. So you're an inspiration, Mary, and I really appreciate you you coming on the show and and sharing your really important message of women's empowerment. I appreciate that. Thank you. And I do want to make one comment before we go. Um, Your son, I love parents who can allow children to be themselves. If my son had decided that he wanted to um, just say dress differently, or if he was gay, we have gay family members. I love it because I feel like people have the right to choose who they want to be, but it's mm-hmm. nicer and it's easier for the child when the parent loves you no matter what, because I've seen some friction in my family uh, when, you know, a couple of my nephews came out as gay that the parents, like, you know, sister just couldn't handle it. Like, I mean, it really devastated her. But I don't think anybody should ever be devastated by another person's personal choice to live their life however they so choose. So mm. I, I applaud you for allowing <laughs> Thank you. all three of your kids to be whoever they wanted to be. I love that. I love that. Thank you. I think that's when parenting is successful because we're not imposing who we are on them, we layer the foundation and our values, but we have to honor and respect them as people because that's who they are. And I was squelched a lot, you know, don't do this, don't do that, don't wear this, don't hang out with that person. And of course, I did the opposite all the time. And I, I really wanted to raise my children to have creative freedom, freedom of expression. And I think that's what makes them all interesting people. So, you know, we should all hopefully have a generation of men like the men we're raising so that women our age can marry these amazing men. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Well, thanks, thanks again, Mary. And um, can you let people know how they can find you? Absolutely. The best way to find me, two different ways, marymorrison.com on my website, and the social media handle that I have is Honey B, that's H-O-N-E-Y-B Morrison Show. So my Honey B Morrison Show starts next uh, week with World Star Hit Radio. So I'm excited about that as well. So that's the way they can find me on social media. Cool. Well, good luck with your show. And with all your bestsellers, and keep doing that amazing work. Thank you. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Thanks for being on. And thanks, everybody, for listening today. If you love Last First State Radio, please rate us and review us wherever you listen, whether it's iTunes, FM Player, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever. We would love for you to rate and review so more people can find us and listen. And I hope you go on your last first date very soon. Great day. Bye.